Welcome to Bill Bronchick's Real Estate Investing Podcast. Mr. Bronchick is an attorney, best-selling author, and a real estate investor with 25 years' experience. For more information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com. Today's topic is, I thought, a good one because I've gotten a lot of... uh, uh, people uh, who are in the program asking about investing as a silent partner in somebody else's deal, which um, can have a substantial reward uh, for not a lot of work, but also have uh, quite a bit of risk if you don't know what you're doing here. So I wanted to talk about some of the parameters involving investing as a silent partner in somebody else's deal. Um, the first thing you should be concerned about is above all else is the partner that is asking for the money um, and we call that sometimes the principal the syndicator the the general partner or the general or the manager managing member if it's an LLC um, and if it's more than one person same same applies to all the people who are the people in charge and actively running uh, the investment so first is uh, what is his or her or their experience level um, in real estate generally? Have they been doing it for some time? And and more particularly, experience with the type of project that you are funding. Um, if they've done a dozen fix and flips and they're asking for funding for fix and flips, yeah, that's great. You know, that's, that's probably okay. But if they've done um, fix and flips and now they're going into an apartment building and they've never done an apartment building, then you start to worry a little bit about, well, you know, do they really know what they're doing here? Because this is the first uh, crack at this type of project. And unless they've got a partner on board or advisor who's got a lot of experience in that, you should be a little concerned about that type of project. Um, especially if someone comes to you new um, and they've never done a fix and flip and they say, hey, I want you to fund this fix and flip. This is my first go at it. Um, you should be a little concerned or, or on, the, on, on the other hand, if you have experience, maybe be a little more involved uh, and not just a, a, a passive or silent partner. Okay. Um, do they have experience with partnerships before? Have they done these types of you know partnerships or joint ventures with other investors and know how to handle um, dealing with other investors? Because you know the key to all this is communication. And the problems start to develop when silent partners don't hear from uh, the the partners who are doing the work about the progress, and you know, or if there's no progress or progress is is moving slowly, why is that? And are you getting calls or emails uh, explaining why and so forth? And you, know, you want to make sure it doesn't run over budget or over time, so that they have to go out and seek more funding to finish the project, which is going to dilute your profit or maybe potentially lose your money. Um, And in that regard, I would never invest or co-invest with someone else as what we call an equity partner, and I'll explain what that means in a moment, unless it was an entity, a corporation or LLC. Because in a passive partnership, um, let's say A and B go on title and you're A, the passive money partner, and B is the active deal partner. If the active partner screws up and you're on title personally, you can get sued personally because uh, that's a general partnership and all partners are jointly liable and for the whole thing. So if they screw up and there's a liability, 
you're going to get caught with the liability uh, even though you didn't do anything wrong. So you want to make sure that if you do, um, let's say, take title with another partner, just two people, that either the, it's in an LLC that you both own or maybe it's in a land trust that your entity and their entity are the co you know, joint venture partners, beneficiaries, or something, something like that. Okay. Um, does this uh active partner have an exit strategy or more than one more importantly if it if it uh plan a doesn't work so if this is a fix and flip and it doesn't work out it doesn't sell for what you thought um are are you uh okay with their backup plan if they have one of maybe keeping it and renting it for a few years or lease optioning it or something like that so i would be quizzical with your uh, active partners about what their plan is if plan A doesn't work. Um, is that partner putting up any money? Uh, do they have skin in the game, so to speak? Remember, if they have no money, even though they've got time in the deal and they've got effort, um, they really don't have a lot to lose and you want to make sure, if possible, they have some skin in the game so they don't, you know, do something risky and then walk away and you get, you know, you get all your money lost. And again, back to the idea of an entity, um, if you're both partners in an LLC and they're the managing member and you're the non-managing passive member, you have no liability there, okay? Um, if the deal goes south, you could lose your money, but you're not going to lose everything you got. Whereas if you personally go on title with the other party, um, then you can get caught with potential liability beyond what you've invested. And we're going to come back to that issue when we talk about paperwork in a minute. Uh, secondly, you want to look at the deal. Um, is it sound? It, does it make sense to you? Would, uh, would you do this deal? If knowing what you know, at least, uh, and if you don't know enough to know, then find out, ask other people, you know, what, what, what does this deal look like to you? And does it, does it seem sound? Maybe run it by us uh, or someone that has experience that you know in that type of deal. Um, what are the risks involved? You know, risks of losing your money. And you know, what are the potential things that could happen that you could lose money? And is the potential return you're being promised worth the risks? So, for example, if someone says, um, well, you're going to put money with 10 other people into a blind pool of funds, and we're going to go buy and fix and flip properties, that's fairly risky. That's a fairly risky proposition because you're not secured by any one property. You're secured by the skills and promises of the uh, of the partners asking you for money, um, so you better get a pretty significant return in that case, uh, maybe twelve percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent. Of course, you know the, there there tends to be a uh, a correlation between risk and reward, uh, but maybe not, depending on if you do your due diligence properly about the 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 parties and what they're doing and you just if you're a better negotiator of course um it could be a sound deal with very little risk but you just demand a little more return for your money um are you investing with other people is it just you and this partner or is there other potential partners and how many of them um and then are you what's called i mentioned earlier an equity partner or are you a 
a lender, a, a debt partner. So let me explain the difference. An equity partner would be if you owned a piece of the property or owned a piece of an LLC that owned the property. And that means you have equity in the deal. You get a piece of the profit of the deal. Uh, in that case, who gets paid back first? Does the other parties who who put up money get paid first? Do you get paid first? Sometimes um, you can ask for what's called a preferred return. Preferred return. So you're guessing that from this deal you're each going to make X, and that's a 15% return on your money. Great. Well, what if you don't sell it for what you thought? Well, a preferred return would say that any profits that come out first go to you to satisfy the minimum preferred return. And let's say you made that 8%. So instead of splitting the profits equally or according to the original formula, you divert some of the profits towards you, the preferred partner, until you got your 8% and then the rest would go to the other partner who put the deal together. So that's something you may, you know, negotiate as part of the deal, even though you might make 15%, potentially you want a minimum preferred return. Um, so that's an equity partner and an equity partner would be probably part of an entity and you would want to talk about in the paperwork in a moment we'll talk about um, look at how, what your voting rights or control rights are with regard to the company if it's if you're going to be a debt partner that means you're just lending money uh, lesser risk for you because you're not part of the ownership of anything um, but it could be a higher uh, risk factor for you because if you don't have a security for that note then you're relying on the skills and the promises of the of the managing partners in the deal so for example if um, the deal was you and this other partner are going to buy fix and flip a property you could give um, a promissory note or get a promissory note rather from the, the uh, the partner um, and it's probably from their entity their LLC but I would also ask for a personal guarantee which is easy to do really you can do a separate guarantee form or on the promissory note where it says signatures um, it'll say uh, ABC company by uh, Joe Schmo manager just put another signature line below that says Joe Schmo personally and now you've got him both as a you know on behalf of the entity and, and also as a personal guarantee uh, of the individual so if the deal goes bad you may have recourse against his other assets um, but if they give you a note and it's a particular property you can get a mortgage or deed of trust against that property as a lien so if it doesn't work out and you don't get paid you could foreclose it in that case you want to make sure uh, worst case scenario, would you want to own this property for what you've lent? Um, not more than what you would have lent. Okay, so um, preferably a first mortgage. If they're borrowing hard money, you could be in second position, but just make sure that second position uh, plus the first position don't exceed, I'd say probably about 80% of the value of the property fixed up. Um, if you're going to be a a debt lender and it's a substantial 
fix-up, you may want to escrow uh, improvement money. So, for example, use simple numbers. If it's uh, a $100,000 purchase, it needs 50 in work, and they plan on selling it for 200. You, you're going to give them 100 at closing to close, but you're not going to give them all 50 for the repairs up front, because what if they run away with it? Then you're stuck with just the collateral. I would give them in chunks, so maybe 20 now at closing to get it started, 20 when uh, the work is substantially complete, and the last 10 when the property is ready to go on the uh, on the MLS and, and everything is finished. So, um, you know, all these things can be papered out and, you know, something cer certainly we can help you with. Um, the uh, How to Be a Hard Money Lender course, uh, e-course on LegalWiz.com does have the paperwork and the due diligence for being a debt lender on these types of deals. Uh, so you want to take a look at that. And if you have any questions, just let me know. Um, but if you're going to be a debt lender in a pool, that's a little different. That's a little riskier where an investor says, look, um, you and three or four or five other people are going to are going to put up X amount of dollars into a pool in our bank account. And we're going to go out and buy and fix and flip properties. And we're just going to pay you, you know, a flat 10 percent a year paid monthly or paid, you know, quarterly or something like that. Um, in that case, you're not secured by any property. You're only secured by the 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 profitability of the company. So if it goes bad, then you risk losing your money and you have no collateral. So in that case, I would ask for a bigger chunk of money, a uh, bigger chunk of profit. Maybe maybe instead of being a debt lender, you want to be an equity partner, or or if you're going to be a debt lender and they're going to pay you quarterly, um, maybe you want to have access to books and records every month and see what they're doing and see what projects they're working on. You know, just be informed early so if it looks like they're starting to go belly up, you would have a, a, a chance to, to, to swoop in with the other investors maybe and save the, um, save the projects, if assuming that the projects failed because the person uh, was over their head and not because the deals were bad. Um, and then of course, that's a risk. You know, you, if you're not evaluating each and every deal, then, you know, as an unsecured uh, pool lender, you, you really don't have a lot of say-so. So that, that's kind of a risky position. Um, let's talk about some of the paperwork involved in this. Um, and I do have a lot of sample forms, uh, especially if you're talking about joint ventures and partnerships in the joint ventures and partnerships e-course on LegalWiz.com. Uh, so you want to review that. But generally speaking, if this is an equity deal, meaning you're going to be a partner in the LLC or a uh, co-owner of the property, um, who formed this LLC? Is there an operating agreement? Uh, have you read it? Have you even asked for it? Uh, did a lawyer prepare it, or is it something they slapped together from an online form that's, you know, kind of weak and doesn't really spell out your rights as an uh, as a co-investor? Um, can your interests be diluted? Can they bring on more partners and dilute you without your permission? Can you? Um, vote out the manager if you don't like what they're doing and then substitute in yourself or someone else. 
And what does that take? A majority vote, a supermajority, or a unanimous vote? If it's a unanimous vote and they're one of the members, you'll never get it. Okay? So you probably want some voting. Uh, uh, you don't want to be involved in every decision, but at least uh, have the right to, if things are going uh, not as planned, to vote out the principles and vote in someone um, who's maybe you or one of the investors or even a third party you can pay to take over the deal. Um, do you have any voting rights or say so on when the project sells, what it sells for? Because sometimes an investor may say, well, I want to list it for more because I got to make more or I, I'm over budget. That's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. It, it, it'll sell for what it should sell for. It should be priced for what it should sell for. And if they're not doing that, you may want to have some say so. Um, okay. And again, if you're, um, you could be, there's an equity partner and I said a debt partner, you could be a hybrid in there and be a debt partner with a percentage of like a kicker of profit. So the promissory note would say you're lending, let's say a hundred grand secured by a first mortgage against the property. You get 8% per annum. And when the property sold, you get, let's say 10% of the net profit. Um, that's called an equity kicker. Um, or a shared profit note, so, or profit participation note. So there, there are hybrids uh, if you think that interest isn't enough or you want to share in the, in the risk for the profit of the deal. Instead of getting 12%, get 8%, but a percentage of the profit that may yield you 18% or something like that. And again, if you have any questions about this stuff, just email me, um, bill at brownshake.com, and um, I can review the parameters and the paperwork and so forth to get you uh, going on that deal. And finally, we want to talk about the logistics of this deal. Is this a securities offering? What is this a securities offering? A securities offering generally is when, when an investor who's in charge is soliciting money from other people who aren't participating. So that would include an equity partner or a debt partner. Now, if it's just a small project and, and they're only looking for a 50-50 partner, you know, most people overlook that, even though it's technically a securities offering, no big deal, especially if it's under a million dollars. Um, if it's over a million and they are soliciting for multiple people, in a especially in a public way, um, they're offering a security, and if they are, is are they operating under an exemption under state or federal law? And ask them, like, what exemption are you operating under? If they don't know what you're talking about, you, you begin to worry. Did they do a private placement memorandum, or at least an executive summary with a disclosure of risks? Um, and what that tells you is whether they pay attention to detail. Um, if they draft their own LLC, if they form their own LLC, if they do their own operating agreement, if they don't have an executive summary, if they don't have a disclosure of risks, if they're soliciting in a pool in a public way and they don't have a, a private placement, you know, a memorandum and operating under exemption, you got to worry, like, what do they, you know, they don't even know what they don't know if they're doing that. So you should be a little worried. Um, if you are going to... Um, participate in a pool, whether it's a debt pool or an equity pool with multiple partners, is your money that you put up escrowed 
before all the other investor funds are in. And who's going to be that escrow agent? That's important because if, um, and it may say so in their paperwork that they're not going to do that. And, you know, just you may want to ask either way if it doesn't say. Um, and if it doesn't say, maybe get that in writing. If you, if they're looking to raise a half a million for a project and you're putting up a hundred and they're, they just run and use that hundred to buy the deal and they're going to wait till later to raise the other money. And if they don't raise the other money, then the project gets in trouble. Um, where does that leave you? So you, you might want to, you know, look into that. Um, how and when do you get your money back? That should be in writing. So if it's a, let's say an apartment project and they're building an apartment building or filling one up or rehabbing one, um, is it three years you get your money back they're planning on selling it? Is it one year? Um, are they going to refinance in two years? Uh, you know, what is the plan for you getting your money back? And if it's a really big project, if we're talking about, you know, 20 or 30 investors, multi-million dollar project, does the, do the main players have errors and omissions insurance if they screw up that you can go after? Um, or, and maybe even life insurance, because if the main player dies, gets sick, you know, or whatever is unavailable to finish the project, then what? Um, do you have life insurance on them, errors and omissions insurance, uh, or, a, or, or a backup person that could step in and finish the project? So these are all things you want to look at, and you know, in summary, uh, when you're investing, you know, do your due diligence on the partners or partner, do your due diligence on the deal, make sure you review the paperwork. If you don't understand it, review it with an attorney, and figure out what are the logistics of this deal and uh, you know how and when and you get your money back and what's the worst case scenario uh, that will happen. Are you going to be liable beyond your investment or just your investment and what are the things that could happen that you won't get your money back or it'll be delayed. Um, these are all things you need to explore. A lot of people get excited because someone comes to them and says, hey, I got a deal. It's really profitable, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, wow, that sounds really great. And they get excited and they write a check without doing all this due diligence. You know, don't get swept up in the potential promised profit. You want to really do your homework to make sure that your money is safe and that you're going to get it back. So if, if anybody has any questions on a deal like that um, and you want me to review the paperwork, bill at bronchick.com. You guys know my email. Uh, or give my office a call or drop a, me an email and we'll set up an appointment to review the deal or the paperwork. information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com.